when you're everything's activated, everything's strong, stable. Your fortress. I wasn't yeah. expecting to hear that today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Coaches on Gouges. Bing slouches. I am your host, Coach Dale Sanford. I am the other coach, Coach <laughs> B-Fun, Bryant Funston. All right, guys. So today we are going to talk about certain things that we wish we knew prior to getting into endurance sports. But first... Gotta do them. Shout outs. It's actually my favorite time. We well, love. I love the shout outs. You gotta give props where props need to be given. Exactly. My first one, our boy Johnny's in. Who goes in? I got a text yesterday, and um, so he's actually Jay Z, really. He is Jay Z. We call him Jay Z <laughs> from here on out. So I got a text yesterday, and uh, he uh, ran fifty minutes straight. So for him, that's a you know a pretty solid. Uh, pretty solid thing. We're, we've been really working on his mechanics, trying to change those. You know, we're, we're focusing on Gulf Coast half, but we're taking the time on uh -huh. the front end of this to really work on changing his mechanics. And, and he's been walk running for, you know, a long time. So we're trying to break that habit, change mechanics at the same time. So for him to run 50 minutes straight, it's a big deal. So Excellent. that I, I sent him the old boom shakalaka Whoa. in return. So, That's when you know you're doing good things. If you get a boom shakalaka oh yeah. from your coach, yeah, that's when you're doing good that's things. That's a good one. All right, my uh, my first one, Brian Eason, who we've had on the couch before. Ah, uh, yes. He's training for a small little event, uh, just a little as, one, known as God Zone, in New Zealand. God Zone, and it's a multi-day. It's like the World Championship style of uh, adventure racing. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like a seven seven day uh, event that it's going to be. But he did a training camp over in uh, Arkansas. Him and one of his team members. Oh, and they wow. ended up putting in like 16 hours, uh, actually no, more than that, uh, close to 20 hours on Friday, Saturday, Sunday of paddling, pack rafting, uh, doing some bushwhacking, yeah. mountain biking, um, some big epic days. A couple of those days were uh, over, you know, they were like eight hour days um, and came out of it feeling strong. So he was pretty pumped where good, he's at. Good, good, good. And uh we got it was great to have that simulation because now we know a few of the things that oh, we yeah. want to work on more. One of the big ones being spending more time wearing a pack and training with a pack on because that, yeah, you know that change yeah. really really uh, makes a big difference. Got to got to simulate the race. My next one is uh, a new event. Got a shout out to a new event in mm -hmm. the state of Tennessee, uh, Swim Run Tennessee. So Swim Run, for those that don't know is literally just uh, swimming and running. So it's swimming from, basically you go from island to island most times, and then you trail run, and it's done with a partner most of the time. They're, mm -hmm. they're doing more solo divisions now, but you basically have a partner that you're tethered to with like yep. a, a 10 or like it's like a 10 meter tether or something like that. And um, you can swim with buoys, paddles, all that kind of stuff. You swim in your shoes so that you get out, quick transition from yep. the water to the Anyways, now we're in Memphis. Now we're going to have a swim run in Nashville. So it's going to be at the, the Percy Priest Lake. Oh, really? Cool. Uh, so that'll be cool. That's that. that's late season, October uh, 6th will be that new new swim run race. So if, if, you've, if you're in our area, in the Memphis area, and you've been thinking about trying out swim run, that's the closest one to us so far. 
So huh, check cool. it out. Can't we cannot leave out uh, our our pride and joy, the Memphis and May triathlon weekend. Yeah. Uh, that is May eighteenth and nineteenth this year. It's now in its thirty seventh year. One of the oldest triathlons in the country. Um, so if you're considering uh, a May race, really highly consider it because if you're a if you're a competitive, especially if you're a competitive racer. Um, we do an amateur challenge, and the amateur challenge is five thousand bucks split between male and female, paid fifteen deep. Yeah. So it's the combined time between Saturday and Sunday. So you have to do the sprint race and the Olympic race, mm-hmm. and the lowest combined times paid fifteen deep. So. Yeah, it's always a fun event. It's always good to be able to come and like at least get your entry feedback. You yeah, know, a right. lot of times. But <laughs> no I think the I think the top, I want to say the top three or four end up with like two hundred dollars or more. So you get your entry free plus some. Plus some extra. And there's always free beer afterwards. For those that want to do a little uh, post-race carb. Yeah, carb loading. Carb replenishing. Yep. Uh, next one for me, Hart and David Collins. Man. Uh, they they got up at 3 o'clock on Saturday because they both have families, had to be home early, but were needing a big training day. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they, they left the door at uh, 3.30-ish. And knocked out a four-hour, pretty solid hard ride on the back end of a training block. So they're putting in work. When we start giving them props later in the year, um, that dedication, putting in those oh, kind yeah. of efforts on a cold day. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't warm uh, at the start of that ride or at the end because it's still dark for them. But absolutely. Um, so for for people at home, you know, that are time crunched, folks that are listening to this, sometimes it takes sacrifices that. Uh, if you have goals that you're wanting to achieve, yeah, um, and and those guys are doing that, so props to you guys. My last These shout one, outs are getting long. Yeah, okay. we're, <laughs> we're going long on the shout outs today. My I guess last we'll go one faster is, on our tips. Uh, is uh, Rebecca Winter, Coach Chris's mm-hmm, wife. Mm-hmm. She knocked out her first uh, 50k. It's a long ways. Last weekend, Mountain Mist 50k Huntsville, Alabama. That's a long ways. Yeah, knocked it out. The the ultras. Yeah, the, first ultra. That's, that's, and that's that one, that one's got some good elevation too. And that always, that, that seems like it's probably a gateway, right? I mean, Rebecca's gone from I mean, 25 to 50. I know what she's once thinking. Once you do that first ultra, we know, we know what the next step is, yeah, right? I know what she's going thinking. long. All right. My last one, Lee Rustin. She's, she was a regular, uh, on the whole shout out list. Um, she racing's underway now. Officially oh, racing yeah. is underway. She knocked out her first race last weekend. She raced with the cat three, four men. Uh, over in uh, at the Sumatanga, I believe that's how they pronounce it's it. Road race in Alabama. in Alabama. Yep. So she uh, she ended up second uh, of the females. Um, so on the podium, second Good. spot. Good start. And uh, yeah, hung with the guys for the first over twenty miles um, and set some some new peak numbers. Uh, so good job, Lee. All right. That's a lot of shout outs. That was a lot of shout outs. All right, so we'll jump right into it. So these are these are things that we uh, wish we knew when we were getting into either triathlon, cycling, or even even running. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these are like really embarrassing things. Not really embarrassing. Don't get embarrassing. <laughs> They're more embarrassing things. Some of them are just like you know. At this point, it's like how could I not have yeah. known. Um, but my, my first one is, is huge and it would have saved me a, a trip to the ER, uh, was the importance of electrolytes. Mm-hmm. I always <laughs> knew, you know, you always know that you have to drink, you have to hydrate, yep. Yep. but 
there's a lot less there's a there was a lot less information out there on like electrolyte intake and yeah. how different everybody is and how, like so had i known uh that i needed personally m a lot more electrolytes and known how to get sources those you know get those electrolytes yeah. uh i probably i would have been in far few fewer med tents far fewer you know, you know spent less time in hospital yeah. uh and uh felt a whole lot better after um after a bunch of races because spent the first basically three four years of mm -hmm. racing just feeling like death after yeah, every race garbage. yeah no no so, for sure yeah when i same thing with me i mean i thought just chugging water or gatorade were the two things that you did right more water the better then you're yeah. hydrated and then realize there was an overhydration water, right? uh, uh, issue at play. Oddly yeah. enough, I've had some great races. This is before you know we we dove into all the electrolyte stuff, but I had a few great races where I was eating sunflower seeds the whole trip down. Yeah. in the car, and suddenly had you know was feeling terrific. Yep. And what do you know? Sunflower seeds have a yeah. ton of so ton of kind of wish I wish yeah. I had known. There we go. All right, my first one. Uh, pump up your tires ah. to the appropriate tire pressure yeah. on a regular basis. I would encourage before each ride. Pump once, good for months. Dale, Dale uh, was with the philosophy of pump once, good for months. And I think flatted, what, you flatted probably six straight times? Yep, and I almost quit almost altogether. Almost quit the sport. And the other one, this is like 1B, lube your chain <laughs> and clean your drivetrain yeah. at least once a week. Oh, yeah. So pump up the tires, lube your bike. I, uh, even to this day, like every time we go on a group ride, there's somebody with like the little, little Tweety Bird sounding mm -hmm. bike because their chain. I've got one of my athletes that I want to call out right now, but he's a, <laughs> if he weren't such a busy dude, I would, uh, yeah, Tweety <laughs> I would Bird totally, chain, man. I would totally call him out right now. If your chain sounds like a canary, <laughs> lube it up. <laughs> Yeah, not only that, but you're going to get more miles out of your drivetrain. Oh, yeah. Those parts are expensive, so if you can, uh, if you can keep those lubed up and uh, not making all kinds of noises. Yeah. All right, moving on. My next one: uh, the importance of transitions and, mm. and quick transitions. Uh, early on, I probably, you know, I've always been competitive-minded. I just grew up as an athlete, so I never got into. I never really got into triathlon, like just because I thought it'd be fun to finish them. Like I've always been like, I want to win. Mm -hmm. And so Heck, early on a board game, I want to win. Yeah, exactly. I, I lose a board game. <laughs> <laughs> so like when early on I would like miss age group podiums and then, and then even eventually some overall podiums uh, because of just simply on transition time alone. Mm -hmm. So you're like diving into the post, you know, you're diving into your times afterwards and you're checking everybody else's and you scooped up all the little pieces of paper and I'm looking at him like, well, I was faster there. I was faster there. And they were maybe a little faster there, but I lost like, you know, they were faster by like 15, 20 seconds in each transition. And I was like, 40 seconds there, that extra no. effort I put on the bike didn't mean anything yeah, I'm because I blew so much time putting my shoes on. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the first, my first uh, triathlon I did, I think you were like two minutes faster overall in the transitions. <laughs> there is a skill to those things, it is. turns out. My biggest tip for quick transitions is in T2, when you're changing, you only, the only thing you have to do in T2 is get your helmet off mm -hmm. and put your shoes on. Everything else that you might need to take, belt, hat, glasses, 
grab it and go. You don't have to put that stuff on. You can put it on while you're running and mm -hmm. making ground. So grab and go. Grab and go. Excellent. Mine. Bib shorts are greater than regular cycling <laughs> shorts. I, yes, I went probably, gosh, it was, it was a while before I ever tried the, uh, the bib shorts. Yeah. It was a game changer, man. It was. Not having the... I did the... Yeah. Same here. The, yeah. the, the gut uh, getting squeezed by the, uh, the top there. Man, bib shorts are comfy. And then even like after you have a pair of bib shorts for like... Or uh, have a pair of shorts for a little while and they start to stretch out. Mm. Like a bib short that does the same thing will stay in place better mm -hmm. because of the bib part of it. And a big part of that as well, uh, you know, obviously with the bib, get a good pair too, yeah. like, and with a good chamois. Yes. And a thick chamois is not necessarily a more comfortable chamois. No. A lot of times it could be the other way. Um, but uh, <laughs> one thing I didn't know is that the bib's actually going to cover your whole back. <laughs> Sometimes you get into that more arrow position and you got the jersey that comes up. Oh, yeah. So I should add sunscreen to this. But uh, yes. I, I guarantee you everyone out there who, who's wearing cycling shorts and a jersey has gotten that that two inch you burn, burn mark your low on, back your, on your low back <laughs> not fun <laughs> cured with bib shorts yeah absolutely there you go there's number two i think my 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 number three is right in the same line there uh do not i don't care how good your bike fit is do not do an iron man on a fleece chamois <laughs> <laughs> I did, Tell us how you know, Dale. I did Ironman Lake Placid on, I had like a, I had, um, it was like one of the early tri kits that I had and I just ordered it through Champion Systems because we were doing it. Champ Sys, man. We were doing it and they let me slide it on a, a team order. Okay. And, um, but they didn't have any options for chamois and uh -huh. they're like, this is what it is. And I got it and it was literally like, if I had snipped a piece of a fleece blanket and sewn it into <laughs> the shorts that was it and i did some longer rides on it and it was okay but 112 miles uh with some climbs and it'll make you want to go faster the last 30 that's for sure i didn't even notice it until i was done mm -hmm. and then when i got back to the hotel and jumped don't, in the we don't need too many shower, too many details dale we don't need too many details here it was fi fire down below. <laughs> I screamed so loud. I'm sure they thought there was a 12-year-old girl getting uh -huh. beaten in that hotel. That's not good. Yeah, it was bad. So there are a lot of thin chamois that do wonders, uh -huh. but a little piece of felt that is not sewn in very well and moves around in there. That's the big thing. Like, that's good. There's when, no when amount sliding, of lube. When there's sliding happening, that's a problem. Yeah. There's no amount of lube that, that's that going to solve problem. that problem. That is that is true. And folks Onward. that are are, are are listening in on Facebook, uh, feel free to comment with your own personal stories and suggestions. Yeah, John as well. says uh, John Zinn, who we did, was on the early shoutouts. Yeah, Jay Z uh, says, you know, one piece tri uh, tri suit, same thing yep. as bib shorts, and I'll, I attest to that. Mm -hmm. I did my next. I did Ironman Florida in a one piece. And I, uh, I try suit and had zero issues. No movement. Bam. Stays in place. Stays in place. Stays in place. All yeah, right. Huge. Here's one that's not uh, equipment related. This one is being smart can be a lot more beneficial than being strong. Oh, yeah. So riding smart, riding efficient, following good wheels, staying downwind, being in a good draft. 
using your effort wisely, yep. especially if you start getting into faster rides or into races. Uh, we always tell our athletes, race smart, then race hard. Yeah, it's not the person that's putting out the most power that that necessarily wins. It's the yeah. person that's got the most energy to put out the power when they need to, and usually that's the back end of a race. So learn to race smart, yeah. learn to conserve, uh, and then you know put your put your power to the test. Yeah, I learned that the hard way too. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize you had to draft in a criterion. Early, yeah. <laughs> early. I'm just gonna hang off the back, and I'm just gonna close it down and win at the end. Yeah, early, uh, early on. I uh, tried to do my first crit by mm-hmm. barely being in the group and mm-hmm. didn't go so well. Yeah, Dale was Dale was pretty confident though because you'd won your first. I won my first, first two road two races. races. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By going off the front, like right at the beginning. Yeah. And then you did a reverse tactic. I did. Yep. Yeah. Opposite. Hang off the back. All right, yeah. Dale, you're up. All right. So my next one is uh, is like learn to be. This is kind of a playoff of the last mm-hmm. episode we talked about. Uh, you know, short course is not a crime. Mm-hmm. This is like my big advice, and this is my hypocritical hypocritical moment of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn to be fast and efficient before you go long. Uh, I, you know, I, I know I preach short course and learn to be fast all the time, but I was one of those people who, when I first got into the sport, I did like a sprint and then I wanted to do a half iron and like skip the whole Olympic distance altogether. Yeah, and I don't, I, I got, I turned it around mm-hmm. but like basically what happened to me when i did it is i did uh a half and then i did two fulls and after that like while i was doing fulls I, it was just volume 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 oh. i had the worst cycling seasons i've ever had mm-hmm. when i was doing uh long course because i had no there was no intensity built in because i was new to it and all i could do was build volume yeah um i didn't work on you swim zone, mechanics you could zone three like no one else though I could zone three, but, but I didn't work on swim. So I like basically went three seasons without really even working on swim technique because I was just volume, volume, volume. I got to be able to swim this far, like mm-hmm. volume, volume. So Your only concern is distance. It's not anything else. Right. Yeah. So I didn't take the time on the front end. So that's why I tell people now, take the time on the front end to learn to be efficient, swim, bike, run, whatever your sport is. Um, and then also learn those skills that, you know, develop speed long standing speed like these mm-hmm. are things that last longer than your fitness like mm-hmm. these are what helps fitness come back faster like all these skills they don't just go away like once you learn good mechanics yeah. they're so easy to to get back sure. sharpen up and, yeah. and um, maintain but yeah. you get if you do it on the front end it's so much easier and if you go listen to coaches on couches number 24 yeah we dive into that a lot we we're, we're yeah, I got back on it. I'm going to get off. I'm off. I'm off. <laughs> All right, my next one. Uh, riding hard every single ride is not the best way to get fast. <laughs> so when I first when I first started riding, I had like a one hour, which I thought was a really long time yeah. uh, perspective, obviously now. Uh, but one hour, it was this out and back. And my goal, and I thought in my mind, I was just going to ride it faster every time. And then eventually, you know, I was going to just push out the distance a little more. Mm-hmm. But my goal was to just try to ride that initial course faster. And then then I'd do like, okay, I'm going to go out hard for 30 minutes. And then I'm just going to try to beat myself back my own time and try to get done in under an hour. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't real fun for one, but it's also not the best way to, uh, to build the fitness uh, up. So 
balancing hard rides with lighter rides with yeah. longer rides um, is is going to be a much better tactic for increasing speed. So don't ride hard every single time. Don't just ride hard every single time. Really? But <laughs> what's funny is I think probably every new person to cycling, you know, we coach a lot of people that yeah. that's kind of what they've been doing. You know, you go out, you're excited, you're jazzed up, oh, and that's... you want to ride fast to get yeah. to get faster. You got to ride fast, kind of thing. Um, that's been so the story I've heard over and over. Don't fall victim to it. Yeah. I've heard, yeah, I've heard that same story over and over. Well, I've just been kind of riding. I have a good route that I ride, and mm-hmm. I just keep trying to, you know, ride it a little bit I'm faster every it, yeah. time. And and the same goes for running. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of the stuff you're hearing can be substituted for for running yeah. as well. <clears throat> so yeah, you don't need to run or ride or even swim. Uh, exactly. Hard every single time. My uh, this one's kind of equipment specific too. Um, I wish early on, I don't know how long it took me to figure it out, uh, how to properly put on a wetsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on, I would just like get it on as quick as I could. And I like have to ask somebody to zip it. And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, did I buy too small of a size? <laughs> like, like, trying to just get that thing zipped up. But I had no idea I was like actually putting it on incorrectly. And then when you do that, it restricts your movement. Mm-hmm. quite a bit mm-hmm. so you'll end up like you'll train up for a race and end up getting out of the water and your arms are smoked because you basically did resistance training while you were swimming <laughs> uh so you know with a wetsuit you may make sure you pull it up as high as you can kind of in the crotchal region mm. scientific nether yeah pull it up as high as you can first and then when you get the arms on you got to pull the arms up as as high, as high as they'll go close to your neck and try to get that back zipper as close as you possibly can get it before you actually zip it up. And then if it's in place, right, there should be all, there should be no restriction to your arm movement. Uh, I actually like went to like sleeveless wetsuits for a while because I thought I just, I was too big. Like my those chest are, was too big. Shoulders them them too big. alligator arms? Was that those gator arms were yeah. uh, causing an issue? I just thought it was an issue. So, but it really just came down to, I just had no idea how to put a wetsuit on. Mm-hmm. So, and now you know. And now I know. Knowing's half the battle. It is. It is. Executing the other <laughs> half. Knowing is one, yeah. executing is another. All right. My next one. Uh, this sport is hard and winning is tough. But don't Elaborate. Be, don't be afraid. <laughs> To try new things. There's so many. There's so many times that people are like in this uh, afraid to try anything because you're going to get dropped. Oh, I don't yeah. want to risk this because I might get dropped. Yeah. Uh, don't be afraid to get dropped. It's tough to win a race, but sometimes you got to throw it out there. I mean, you got to be willing to risk losing and getting dropped in order to actually have that chance at winning. And I know this is a you know much more race specific thing, but there's a lot of people that spend multiple seasons of never risking anything, right. hoping it's going to be a pack sprint Better. at the end and that they can squeak out a top 10. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to risk it. I mean, get out there early. You know, Try to put yourself in breakaways. Be the one initiating moves. Um, don't be the one closing moves down yourself. Don't do that one. But risk stuff. Try new stuff. Learn your strengths and weaknesses. Learn what works and doesn't. Um, yep. and, and even if it doesn't work out, that's going to be more knowledge that you're going to have on, you know, race situation stuff. Hey, that's worked last time. You know, maybe I'll try it again. Um, but learn from, learn from and try new things. 
I mean, that was that like the episode we had Lee on the couch. Mm-hmm. That was her. That was like her main thing that she put out there. And I think it's like the first part of the show is sometimes you just can't be afraid to get dropped. Exactly. Because you'll yeah. never learn anything. You'll never learn your ceiling. You'll never mm-hmm. learn, you know, that, you know, that you went at the wrong time. You'll never learn positioning if you're yep. so afraid to get dropped. And it goes with running and triathlon as well. Like if you never like test the ceiling, you mm-hmm. never, you're, you're always worried to go out with the lead group. You're right. always worried to, that you're going to push too hard because of this. You'll never learn anything. Yep. And you'll, and you'll, you'll be so far behind. You'll, you just won't be where you could be. Exactly. Because you never, you never went out there and put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. I, you will, I, you will greatly speed up your learning curve and ability by, by failing. Yeah. By I, risking things. And uh, yeah. I mean, the fear of failure in, in general keeps people out of the sport. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the number one thing is like, I'm, I'm afraid to like drown. drown. Yeah. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah, I guess the cost is a little bit, a little bit greater. Yeah, that one's a, but, but really like it does like the fear of failure or the feel of appearing a failure mm-hmm. holds people back every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, in and not life just in, in sport. Yeah. I was going to say not just in sport, but in life, Fearing it's not failure is a learning opportunity. Absolutely, uh, and that's just who was I forget who the uh, was it Edison maybe someone said that they haven't. Uh, it's not that they haven't learned to do something. It's just they've learned how not to do it thousands of times before they right. finally figure out how to do it. Right. So learning from your failures is a great opportunity to yeah. uh, improve yourself. Absolutely. So uh, it kind of goes with. That kind of goes with the, my my last big one here, which is nobody cares what your time is. Like mm-hmm. real, realistically, like uh, it doesn't matter if it's your first or you know, like at the end of the day, um, nobody cares what your time is. People will look at your time, mm-hmm. and they'll you know, especially if you're kind of one of the faster people out there, people will look at your time and compare themselves to you, but they're not going to go you know, home thinking, oh, well, he could have gone faster Mm -hmm. or she could have gone faster. They're going to be thinking about themselves. The only person that cares about your time is you. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, don't, don't let that and let the fear of somebody else or, or what other people think about your time hold you back from either doing the sport or trying new things in Mm -hmm. a, in a race. Uh, not necessarily trying like new nutrition or stuff like that <laughs> yeah uh but like trying new tactics or new strategies in yeah. a race um and pushing yourself because at the end of the day you're the only one who cares well, and yeah, like and it's I, about you becoming a better you i mean that's who you're in control over is your own stuff sure like i'm like this is i'm talking to myself here mm-hmm. because um i'm such a competitive person that I'm one of those people that I don't want to even go and race if I don't think I can do well. Yeah, you have a chance. And so, like, like, I had to get that out of my head. Like, it took a long time to Mm -hmm. really, like, talk myself out of that because I was, for a while, I was so concerned, like, what other, like, what other people, especially once we got into coaching, Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm a coach. I have to be fast. I have to be competitive at every race I go to. So... I really took a while to, to like convince myself that, dude, this is got it. This is just fun. Like, go out there and mm-hmm. race hard. You know, 
put yourself into the hurt locker mm-hmm. and wherever you come out, you come out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now that, you know, now it's like you get done with the race, you chat with everybody who, you, you know, who, who you raced, you know, you know, close to, and you talk about times and that, and then it's over and you do it again. It's yeah. not like, it's not like any race is going to like follow you to the next <laughs> one. Like, yeah, you're, your pro con- contract nail is not uh, exactly. stemming on the result of that exactly. race. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares. No. no. Does your wife it's even fun. care? No. No. <laughs> she probably cares the I least. I think the only one that cares are my kids. They're like, Dad, uh, why didn't we get to stand on the box? <laughs> yeah. like, uh, well. Well, Dad went too early. Dad, Dad was testing <laughs> new things out. It didn't really work. All right. My, uh, my next one. Lightweight comes uh, at a cost and possible sacrifice. And this is both from an equipment and a body standpoint. So uh, if you're wanting to shed weight off your bike or your equipment, you the lighter you go, the higher you should expect to pay in price. Mm-hmm. But also, as a larger cyclist, the durability, once you start getting lightweight, there's a sacrifice there. Brian's broken a few things over I've, the years, I've, I've been including himself. To, I've been known to break things, that's for sure. And uh, I don't think I've, I've maybe, I think last year was the first year I'd gone more than like six months without breaking spokes on a bike. So I, you know, fewer spokes, lighter weight was always what I was like wanting to go towards. Mm-hmm. And then there was this realization that it's really tough to go fast. Uh, when your wheel's so out of true from a broken spoke that then has you on the side of the road and calling your wife to pick you up. It is hard. So there's a cost there. Now, the same thing from a, a weight loss standpoint. You know, endurance athletes in general can be a little bit neurotic about... Well, it's, let's face it. The, a massive reason why most people get into endurance sports is to mm-hmm. lose either lose weight or keep weight off. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... Yeah, no, for sure. And like, so you always hear people talking about, you know, I need to get down to race weight or I'm trying to figure out where my race weight is. There's some people that take that to the extreme too much yeah. and you end up losing power as a result. So yeah, you lose weight, you lose muscle mass instead of, mm-hmm. you know, lean, leaning out. Exactly. Which jumps into, I'm going to, I'm going to do two in a row here, it. which kind of jumps into my next one. Uh, strength training is cool. It is cool. So I, I came from basketball, lifted a lot of weights got into my first hilly mountainous road race, got demolished. I was like, damn, I need to change my body type a little bit here because I'm a yep. little too big uh, to, be, to, be, exactly, to be competing. And I went the other way. You know, I went, got away from strength training. Um, if you're only a cyclist and you never put stress on your bones, you're going to learn the hard way uh, that smashing your body into pavement, which sometimes happens, can come at a big cost if those bones aren't strong. It's true. Yeah. Um, same. I mean, I would say I sort of the same. I li- I kept lifting, just like went lighter. I kept like early on. I lifted. I lifted. Continued to lift heavy like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, you know, try. I still lift heavy. You know, in the in the off season, yeah. you know, to build the strength back up. Um, and, you know, and, and cycle in heavy lifting even during the season, um, especially when I feel like if I feel like m- maybe muscles are not as active as yeah. they should be, you throw in a couple of heavy, you throw in some heavy lifting sessions in there even once a week. And you'd be surprised at what muscles kick in oh, for sure. when you're forcing them to lift a really like a high amount of weight 
with that form. Yeah, post. So my last rack, you know, that last rack, I broke a lot of bones, which is why I'm touching on this. And I've been very diligent now after my body healed up about getting back to lifting heavier. Um, and that first, first time back doing a barbell squat, it's like, it didn't feel heavy, but my legs just literally were not firing like they should. There was muscles that weren't actually contracting to the force they needed to, even though I didn't, I wasn't loading up with a lot of weight. It was weight that used to be like warm up weight. And it was just, (laughs) it was just, they weren't firing. I will say, um, you know, um, early on when I kept lifting heavy and I lifted heavy through like even the first, uh, even doing my first Ironman and stuff like that, like I could like take a beating, like mm-hmm. I could train and it, I'm sure it had something to do with being in my twenties, but, uh, <laughs> I could, this little thing called youth now. <laughs> I, I could literally train and train and train and beat myself to yeah. death. And then like go and run even running long like when i hadn't run long like mm-hmm. before or gone farther or harder than i've gone in the past yeah i recovered from it like i it didn't beat me up as much mm-hmm. and i i really attribute that to lifting heavy and just being like super friggin durable mm-hmm. uh just oh, for sure because you know you're you basically your your body like you're a fortress at that point when yeah. you're you're a fortress. <laughs> so, little shout out to our our friends at Lift Heavy Run Long. Oh, for sure. They, yeah. uh, you know, they're that's their big they've been thing. And, for a while, yeah. And uh, there are a lot of people out there that mix the two perfectly. Yeah. And well, and I think there's also you don't have to get big. You can lift heavy without getting big. Absolutely. So lifting weights doesn't mean you're gonna unless you're like Dale, where Dale looks at a weight and he starts putting I, on muscle mass. Yep. But you can you can lift and strengthen without turning into, you know, the person you yeah, see by on nature, TV that's uh, lifting fake weights. By nature, lifting heavy, low rep, mm-hmm. or, yeah, low rep, more sets, isn't going to really bulk you up. Yeah. It's the, you know, if you're talking about hypertrophy, you're talking about high rep sets, to you know, even to failure uh, to increase that that size of the muscle fiber. When yeah, you're lifting sure. heavy, that's it's a lot of neuromuscular gain. Mm-hmm. The body, the brain's telling the muscles to recruit more muscle fibers, so then we're able to lift more that way versus making yep. the muscle fibers bigger. And if anyone listening to this wants uh, just some sample exercises or a sample workout, shoot us a private message, and we can yeah. hook you up and give you some pointers on that. Yeah, sweet. You got anything else? Was it your turn or my turn? I got one, I got, well, I got a few more, but I don't want us to go too long here. Um, I will go, I'm going to just pick it from my handy dandy note card here. I'm going to go with positive self-talk is huge. And this kind of goes into, uh, I'll combine it with another one. Um, Anytime other people are suffering, or sorry, anytime you're suffering, tell yourself that there's a really good chance that everyone else is suffering too and it's about to slow down and all you got to do is make it one more minute. Tell yourself one more minute, stay positive, tell yourself you can do it. Um, Psychologically that helps you and nine times out of ten, it's true. Like there's been a a couple times where I'm like, I can't can't do it anymore. I finally throw in the towel and literally as I'm 50 meters off the back of, of the group, I see them sit up and I'm like, 
oh crap ah and then you start hoofing it trying to catch up by that yeah. point they then take off Somebody's again but if you. you'd have stayed you'd have gotten that recovery you'd have been able to stay with so yep. uh dig deep but you know stay positive don't tell yourself you can't do things tell yourself you can um and embrace the fact that times it's gonna suck and yeah. that's that's when you're getting stronger uh, and learning stuff uh, about yourself yeah yeah that uh that you know that that goes along a lot with running and especially people who are even like maybe trying to break a walk run Mm -hmm. habit, um, you know, and trying to push their, their running out farther. Um, you know, just continuously telling yourself, you know, keeping positive thoughts going, rolling through, you know, pointers that are going to help you Mm -hmm. hold form, keep going, all that kind of thing and not let the, the negative stuff jump in that's going to say, hey, man, you need to walk. Oh, yeah. Time sure. to walk, man. Mm-hmm. Don't you know? It's two, two, five minutes. we got to walk. <laughs> yeah. You know, so keep keep those positive thoughts rolling in. And, man, the brain is just way too powerful thing to mm-hmm. uh, to just let that stuff take over. Oh, for sure. No, definitely. That's it. Else? That's it, man. You got nothing else. I mean, I do have no, one more. Never mind. But... Nope. <laughs> Okay, chamois butter. Use chamois butter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> chamois butter is key, especially cold winter months. We take advantage. Uh, yeah, we take for granted that that one. I know that one's yeah. like a go-to. But yeah, early on, if you if you don't know, get yourself some chamois butter. <laughs> My Safe. first experience with chamois butter was I got one of the little the packets. Oh, yeah. that you get like a race packet one. Uh, but I only got one for the race, and there was like yep. three different stages. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to use, I got to ration this out over three stages. It was. It didn't work too well. I wish I knew that you should shake hands with people before they put on their chamois butter. The fist bump. <laughs> Always fist bump at races. Never shake hands. <laughs> Always straight to nucks. And if you run into somebody in the trails and they're missing a sock, <laughs> do not shake their hand. Do not shake hands. All right, that's all I got. That's it. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks Put, for listening. Give, give us your give us your tips. What do we miss? I want to know what we missed. Throw some tips in there. So put them on. We'll be checking comments yeah, later. Commenting. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in hearing other people's experience, especially funny stories. Give us some funny stories. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. We'll catch you guys next week. Adios. Peace.